Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and today we have the one and only Marcus Philly, the founder and creator of Functional Bodybuilding. Functional bodybuilding is a term you have probably heard me say, you've probably heard other podcasters say and other coaches say, you've seen it all over Instagram. It is probably one of the greatest terms or names to trademark and put behind your company, which I've told him multiple times because this is uh, round two that we've had him on the podcast. We had him shit years ago now. And so for him coming back on was really cool because the company has grown so much and functional bodybuilding has not only become this this word or this type of training in this philosophy and this method that so many people use, but it's also been this company that he has built and this foundation that he has built over time and it is being used all over the world. It's being used in gyms, it's being used online, it's being used in social media, in his eBooks, uh, tons and tons of stuff. And the, the idea behind it is really cool. And that's what we're gonna dive in today. We're gonna dive into the story and the origin behind functional bodybuilding, how he came up with it, what uh, functional bodybuilding is all about, the step-by-step system or structure or method that you use to program using functional bodybuilding, and really just how this all kind of was this evolution over time, right? Going back to when he owned gyms and then became a CrossFit Games athlete and then kind of left the scene and started doing more of his own training style on social media, so on and so forth. So um, I think you're going to get a lot out of this, not only because I I haven't heard many podcasts that dive into his story, and I don't think he's personally shared his story on social media in a long time. And now he's got almost a million followers on Instagram, a huge YouTube present, and a podcast of his own. So uh, listening today to listen to Marcus Philly's story, of how functional bodybuilding came about. And before we get into that, a couple quick announcements from our sponsors. First one being Giant Lifting. Head over to giantlifting.com and use a coupon code TCM10 for all of your fitness equipment needs. And last but not least, Tailored Life Apparel. The apparel company that we have created is launched. It, this is the epitome of what this podcast is about. Personal development, pushing yourself further in, wearing a brand that represents all of those who are trying to carve their own path, be hustlers in today's world, and really just try to build something for themselves and design their own life, which is what we say in this podcast every single time. So head over to tailoredlifeapparel.co to check out the first drop and get ready for the next drop. All right, without any further ado, let's get into this episode with the one and only Marcus Philly. All right, Marcus, man, I'm excited to have you back on. Uh, your content has been it's been very influential as, as another online trainer who, who values functional strength training, functional fitness, but also bodybuilding, you know, it's been very mm-hmm. influential to me and it's been really cool to see how much it's grown and, and your, uh, your message behind it all is so powerful. Um, so just a lot of respect for what you've done, man, a lot of respect for what you've built and a lot of appreciation as another person and coach in the industry for how you're going about it. Cause I think that says so much more about the company and about who you are and your character and everything. So, um, a lot of kudos, man, but I'm, I'm very excited to have you on today. Thanks, Cody. Um, can you remember back to when we actually first connected? When, when was the last time we spoke? Oh, um, my gosh. Um, had to have been 2018, 2019. Okay, so yeah, like before the pandemic, like way yeah, back. Oh, for sure. Yeah, early, yeah. early. Okay, right on. Yeah. And then and then the other thing, everything you just said, I, I really appreciate the, the compliment. Um, I'm super curious. To, from an outsider's perspective, like, you know, you just said things about the way we're going about doing it. And, um, you know, you don't have insight into like how we're going about it from the inside. You get to see it from the outside. So if there's one thing you could just sort of point to 
maybe specifically? What what's something that you see from either my content or functional bodybuilding or just generally that that stands out to you that really resonates with you? I, I'm I'm asking because you know understanding what hits home for people is been a big mission for us in the past six months is like what's really resonating with everybody out there what are you mm-hmm. still seeing from functional bodybuilding that is a is a <clears throat> is a valuable message yeah I, I mean i think i can answer this uh from a few perspectives one as a coach but also as a content creator um because being creative in un- like understanding that you have to reinvent the wheel without changing who you are, what you do, how you coach stuff can be really difficult at times, right? It's it's very hard yeah. for people to create content constantly over time, oh gosh, especially yeah. when you're not changing who you are, how you coach, how you program, but like your content has to evolve and change. So uh, yeah. I can say this from a coach's perspective, another content creator's perspective, just respecting how you do it, but also just from what I've heard from um, just clients of ours and people, other coaches in the industry, stuff like that. Um, and I think it's, it's honestly being able to make fitness and training fun and exciting and interesting and constantly, consistently. You know, I think, I think a lot of times, um, you know, we talked about longevity in this right before we started getting results can be boring in a sense on paper, because a lot of it is like, okay, like let's do the work consistently over time and build habits and just rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, you know, um, you guys have done a really, really good job of making it different, exciting, and consistently motivating and interesting. And I think it gets people to train more because it's Mm -hmm. not just this bland, boring thing. It's like fitness should be fun. Fitness should be exciting. It should make you feel better and improve your life. And you guys do so good at like making that clear, especially the everyday person, um, which can be a hard thing to do. Yeah. Well, thanks for, thanks for going a layer deeper and saying that. And just, uh, I think I'm sure we'll touch on it again, but, um, yeah, like that's that's what I'm I got asked by like a a close friend and an advisor that he was like what what is the message like if there's one one message that you want people to hear out there like what is what are you building? What are you trying to work towards? Like what is Marcus building? What do you what is functional bodybuilding supposed to stand for? And <clears throat> It's funny cuz like you asked me that 5 years ago I would have had like a crystal clear answer and and that answer back 5 years ago there's still some themes of it that are still very clear today maybe more so than I even really appreciate but like you said it's difficult as you know the years go by to just rinse and repeat the same message but say it in a way that really resonates with people and captures their attention or keeps their attention mm-hmm. um but it really ultimately comes down to like, when I left CrossFit, I, I was really committed to really making a, a new category. Like I wasn't the first person to use the term functional body, functional bodybuilding, but in the way that I saw it, it was the first time somebody really wanted to marry CrossFit with conventional bodybuilding principles. Nobody really was doing that. I mean, I was one of the first people who had recognition and a following inside of CrossFit to step back and be like, no, we're going to do some bodybuilding. We're not going to just do the traditional thing. And now what that meant was my audience was CrossFit and I was trying to introduce them to bodybuilding. Now, fast forward a bunch of years, people see kind of a jacked looking dude on Instagram 
and bodybuilders are taking notice and they're like, what's all this crazy functional fitness stuff you're doing, you know? And so it's a kind of a hard, it's, it's a hard sell on both ways, both ways. It's like, there's a place, to, there's an intersection of these two disciplines that honors, you know, decade long practices of strength and conditioning also honors the emergence of a new category, which was functional fitness, AKA CrossFit in the last 20 years, which has been profoundly impactful for people all over the world and introduced something that was extremely fun and community driven and engaging with its limitations in a variety of different places. But those limitations could be met with this other big body of training knowledge called bodybuilding or, you know, traditional strength training and marry those two things together. And you've got something that's sound principles to keep people in the game longer, but also being in the game longer means you have to be mentally engaged and, and find it enjoyable. And, you know, I see so many people pushing very, very cookie cutter bodybuilding templates, which are still being consumed in massive quantity out there in the world, but it's like the average consumer can get a little bored of that. You know, it's like, yeah, you could be great for the next 20 years. If you just squat, bench, deadlift, did, you know, curls, tricep pushdowns, you know, some delt flies, some pec deck, like you're going to be good. Just come in, do your, you know, three to five sets of each body part, three days, four days a week, push it hard, same, same, you could be great. It's like, I don't know many people outside of the, the bodybuilding community who are really dedicated, who are going to do that for 20 to 30 years. There needs to be something that pulls them in. And that to me was really what started my journey in fitness as a coach was like, holy smokes, like people want to do more creative, fun, engaging training it's called CrossFit. Let me get involved. And so that's still the message. So it's create a category, create a category of fitness. And, and, and the driving force behind that is resolve some of the issues and problems that each discipline on their own face with their audience. It's like, okay, this is having problems over here. Bodybuilding's having problems. CrossFit's having problems, like these are the main concerns or obstacles people run into that do them long-term. When we overlap them, can we take the best of both and solve problems on either end? Love that. Yeah, I think uh, it, as a business owner, I understand how difficult it can actually be to to have clarity around that. So it's it's cool to hear you kind of go through that process. Um, I know you can speak more so on the CrossFit side than I can for sure, and we'll kind of probably tease some of that out. But I can definitely say like from the bodybuilding side, I think one of the big things that they miss is the appreciation for movement quality. And I know that's something you guys um, focus on and highlight so much. And I was talking to a member, um, literally just, it was either yesterday or the day before, and he was just talking about, he saw something on my Instagram of, I think I was just like, I like picked up my daughter or some, something that I would just never think of. Like I just kind of swung her around and like, it was like, she was laughing and stuff. And he was like, man, I just want to be able to do that without worrying about my back or like groaning mm -hmm. as I pick her up. And I, in, and it's stuff like that, that, you know, you can do curls and push downs and leg presses and all that stuff and build muscle yeah. look good, but it might not help you, 
you know, be able to get low and get into a, a quote unquote functional position to pick a object that is squirming around laughing, you know, and be able to play and do that stuff. Um, And that's what I love, you know, so much about this style of training is it allows us to like, I mean, that's what functional is, you know, it doesn't always mean um, some of the stuff people think it does, but um, I want to, I want to step back to what you were, you know, you kind of started going into it and I, and I want to start with the the CrossFit side of things. Like you were obviously a a very, very high level competitor um, Mm -hmm. in CrossFit and uh, more so than learning like how you got into that. I want to know like why you stopped that. So if it was an injury or if there was an issue with it, or if it was just like the typical, like, you know what, every athlete runs its course. And it's like, after so many years, you wear and turn the body, you just decide to kind of like, you know, an athlete mm-hmm. becomes a coach kind of thing. Or what was yeah. it that kind of shifted your mind or shift your body or, or caused you to stop doing CrossFit and start shifting directions? Well, it's interesting because <clears throat> 2023 is coming up really soon. And 2023, you know, once we make it halfway through the year, we'll mark my my seven year kind of uh, anniversary of retiring. And I competed for seven years, mm. so I'm my time in the sport is you know approaching my retirement time too. So I've spent just as much time in as I spent out almost, and that's kind of wild for me to even think about because. Uh, you know, I, I always thought of myself as like I was the CrossFitter who's, you know, launching a brand. And now it's like, well, I'm deep into it. Mm-hmm. Um, what What's interesting is that I started CrossFit as a coach and wound up being an athlete. I was actually having a deep conversation with a mentor, uh, you know, somebody I, I get a lot of wisdom and advice from. And I shared that with with him, and he was like, "Oh wow, I didn't I didn't realize that. I thought, I thought you were like, you know, the the, the vision or the the understanding was you're this great athlete, learned a lot, and then turned coach, right? Um, sort of the Matt Fraser example. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started I started coaching, and I even launched my first gym, well before I'd ever made any a name for myself in in CrossFit, and that was what I. I wanted to do, I left medical school to become a health and fitness coach because I felt like that was more aligned with my view of how I wanted to impact people's health and fitness in the healthcare system. Rather than be in the medicine side of things, I was going to be in the sort of movement, nutrition, disease prevention side of things. When I got there, I started coaching and I was very dedicated to that on my own time. I always trained. I loved training. I trained for years before I found CrossFit. I was doing, I was the guy that showed up to CrossFit and could do most CrossFit stuff really well because I had about 10 years of training experience under my belt already. Um, And so I would wake up at four, I'd coach classes. I was super dedicated to the craft, took every continuing education course and, and seminar I could to become a better practitioner. And then, you know, when class was over at 1030 after the whole morning shift, and then the next class was until 3 PM, I focused on me. I would go into the corner and I would just train like a maniac because I just wanted to get better. And people took notice and they knew how oh, this guy's better than everyone else. You should come out and try a competition with us. You should do this throwdown. Why don't you join our team? We're going to go to the CrossFit games. 
I'm like, cool, I've seen it. It looks really cool, but I don't know if I'm going to be any good kind of thing. And I got swept up in the fitness part of it, the competitive fitness part of it, because I was just driven to always find my limits and be the best athlete that I could be in anything I was doing, golf, soccer, you know, cycling, whatever the thing I was getting into, like the, the boot camp class that I went to at Gold's Gym, like I wanted to be the first to cross the finish line in that class. Like it didn't matter. Um, CrossFit just really scrapped. I was like, I had this itch to like explore fitness on a deeper level. And I felt like that was the way to scratch that itch. So I was kind of evolving simultaneously as a coach and as an athlete. And the athletics took a very big focus because it was, it was time consuming and I was having success and the success was translating to business success too. You're recognized as an athlete, build a little bit of a social following. Hey, this was well before Instagram was really like a big platform before it was Facebook, but people knew who I was. They found me online. I got inquiries about online coaching before online coaching was really a thing. And people would come to my gym seminars from all over to learn about stuff because they knew I was going to be presenting. And so it was kind of like, okay, I'm going to keep this thing going because it's both of them are feeding each other in a really powerful, positive way. And I just felt so aligned in all aspects of my life, you know, friends, family, my, you know, girlfriend who became my wife, everybody was there, you know, and, but the deeper I got into competing, the more it became clear, like there is this trade-off that's happening. You know, when we started out in 2010 as competitive fitness athletes and coaches, that was the norm. Everybody was a coach or a gym owner and a competitor. By 2013, 2014, you started to see a new type of athlete emerge. Really even a little bit before that, but they were just full-time athletes. They had won some competitions. They had some sponsorship money. They lived with their parents. They didn't have any rent. They weren't, you know, established as people, you know, as, as professionals, they could just focus on training. And that, that raised the bar to professional status, not of how much money we were going to earn, but how much commitment and time you could invest into a sport. And <clears throat> That pretty much set the stage for a very, very difficult choice and a kind of a, a split in what happened with the competitive landscape. Because if you look at another professional sport that's much more developed, take the NBA. You know, does LeBron James have a side hustle of like coaching basketball clinics at 5 a.m. and like doing personal training sessions, you know, with the 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 local community for you know he does that once a month as like a charitable giving thing which is terrific but there's no way he's got time for that he's got to be focused all day every day on being you know and then there comes a time in those athletes career where they're like all right i'm on the tail end like i see all these other business opportunities or life opportunities that's calling my name I can't play full-time focused NBA anymore, lost the passion, lost the love. I'm into this now, retire. And this is now part of what it means to be a professional CrossFitter. It's like, it's it became that, it's becoming that even more. And 
you can't have a side hustle and go out and and win. Some people do, but like <laughs> they're few and far between at this stage, and they're not winning. You know, they're they're good, but they're not winning. And that was really where I was at in 2015. Was like I saw the end coming, but I had one more year to kind of give it my all. I had sort of like, there was something that was like left. I was like, I know I've got more. I've got like, I haven't peaked. I've got, I'm getting better. I'm getting more command of this sport, more confidence. And I want to show that I can, I want to prove to myself, or I want to have the opportunity to express that. And I did in the 2016 season. And when it was over, it was just clear to me. I was like, look, I'm not, I'm not going the professional athlete route. I'm, I'm a professional coach and I want to run a successful business. And I'm about to have this family, you know, I'm going to have a baby next year. We just got married. And you know what? That's what my, that's, that's going to be my life. And it, I will leave kind of a small little room for CrossFit as a, as an athlete to sort of exist over here. I could maybe dabble into it. But, you know, it was like, I'll come back and compete as a master's athlete or something like that. But then I realized, like, even that takes a tremendous amount of dedication, commitment. You can't just, like, phone it in on that. And I was like, well, this doesn't align with my, with my life going forward. So many of us saw that that was, like, the time to sort of make a decision. And some of my peers that were in it back then stayed and they committed fully. And I didn't, I said, no, I'm going to go commit to this other thing, which is this career that I've been building alongside my athletic career. And I think it's appropriate, you know, to, to appropriate timing. And, uh, and then of course, once that decision was made, um, it sort of created like a domino effect of, okay, lots of things are now changing for me, how I train myself, how I you know, run my business, the clients that are listening to me, like what my message is, it all started from that moment. Did you, was, was functional bodybuilding in, in the, the creation of that? I'm assuming at the, was at a very similar time. Was that all, uh, premeditated and methodical from a standpoint of like, all right, I'm going to wrap this CrossFit athletic career up and I'm going to start building functional bodybuilding because this is how I think I would train if I wasn't an athlete in mm-hmm. the CrossFit Games or how I think people should be training that like CrossFit, like functional training, but they're not competing. Like what was like, mm-hmm. did you have that plan or was it more of like you had to start training that way because you were no longer an athlete, maybe rehabbing some some aches and pains or something. And it kind of spawned into that. Like how did that metamorphosis that's, or whatever? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And um it's kind of, the answer is like a bit of both because in the final two to three years of competing in the sport, I really started to critically look at how I was coaching in my gym and what we are programming for our group fitness classes to do. And I was saying to myself, Hey, we need to make, we need to make some adjustments based upon what we what we know is best for the general population and what people are doing in competitive sport of CrossFit, because they're very different. There was a period of time where they kind of were like evolving together. And then it was like, wait a minute, this professional CrossFit games thing is getting intense. 
we don't need that for our clients. Like, how do we, how do we make it similar but different so that we can really keep people engaged and feeling a part of the community that's growing but not get crushed? And so I started to think what was best from a programming standpoint prior to my retirement. Then my retirement happened and it was like, okay, I'm out of the sport now. And the methodology or the philosophy that I call functional bodybuilding today existed, which is essentially like during, if you want to be in the sport, you you peak for the sport. And then you like, when you're in the peak of the sport, you're playing the sport every day, which is the CrossFit games. When you're not in the peak season and you're in the off season, you're doing the components of that sport to build a more resilient body, better aerobic system, better strength, better mobility, better skill, all the things that's like just any, any sport, you know, any sport has an off season where you, you work on free throws for hours, you know, you shoot jump shots, you practice dribbling, you know, uh, skill drills, right. You're probably not doing that in the NBA finals or the playoffs. <laughs> you know, you're just like, you're going full tilt, right. It's not the time to like go work on your free throw, you know, at night, it's like, no, you're, you, you're spending all your energy there. So that philosophy was there. I retired and I was, I was really banged up from, from the, the last year and a half of really pushing towards this pinnacle goal of do best at the CrossFit games, you know, have my grid league team win a championship. And so I was like, okay, not only am I in the off season now I'm retired, like I'm broken. How do I really dial back this methodology to somebody who's like in the rebuilding rehabilitative phase? And so I started to express that through my own training. And it was really at that moment where the, where I showed people, Hey, this is how I'm going to go about healing myself because I still love functional training, but I got to get healthy. I got to feel strong. I got to rebuild like the energy and the hormone system inside. And it looked, it looked different than what I had been doing months prior when I was doing muscle ups and handstand walks and all that kind of thing. And people were very intrigued by it. Social media followers, right. And whoever could see what I was doing, thankfully social media was in, in existence and I could showcase it to a lot of people. And they're like, Holy smokes, this Marcus Philly guy who we just saw at the CrossFit games do so well is doing rehab, doing this like looks like bodybuilding in some ways. It looks like PT. It looks like something different. And that was intriguing to people like, Hey, how do I was like, look, I'm just showing you the full spectrum of what this fitness thing really looks like. It's this end of the spectrum. It's this end of the spectrum. And really what I tried to teach people is that most of you came to the gym wanting something that's right in the middle. You didn't come to the gym saying, Hey, I want to go compete. In the CrossFit Games, you came to the gym and you said, I want to look better. I want to feel better. Maybe we want to get a little stronger. That's it. Nobody said, teach me how to snatch. I want to do a muscle up. I want to be a badass. Do you know, I want to run. I want to do a Fran in under three minutes. Like, nope. It was, hey, help me get this 10 pounds off that just, just somehow got onto my body in the last three years since I had a kid. You know, I want to, I want, I don't want to feel like I'm dragging in the middle of the day. <clears throat> what can I do? And so that's kind of that middle sweet spot. You're not broken. You're not like, 
you know, you don't have like a, you know, you, you, people were coming to me because they had, you know, a blown out back. They were going to PT. They were coming to me because they're like, I feel stiff all the time. I've got, I'm tight. I don't feel great. I'm not eating well. I'm not sleeping great. I got these love handles. I've got belly fat. I just feel, I just feel bloated. And to help that group, we needed something kind of in the middle. And so that's what I was showing people. And I knew that was something that they needed, but I just sort of found a way to make, make that middle ground a little bit more sexy, <laughs> right? Because the, the muscle ups and the snatches and the CrossFit games is super sexy. It's like, Oh damn, look at these people. They're just amazing. I want to do that. Like, show me how to do that. I think that's, that must be the ticket to me getting out of my, you know, mid thirties haze that I'm in right now, whatever. So yeah, it was making, it was kind of making the basics and the fundamentals that could go right next to a burpee and a kettlebell swing and a box jump a little bit more sexy. It's like, Hey, doing lateral band walks and landline presses and, you know, tempo lunges and things like that, that people were just sort of like, nobody was wanting to show that or nobody was showing that really. So this was like, create a category of like, we're doing functional bodybuilding and it's a, it's wild how much of i how much i see of it out there now mm-hmm. we had a message that was like basically let's let's build be built not burnt that was like a, a tagline that we've we've used for a long time you know 90 99% of our our customers were crossfitters that were burnt out you know when we first started we'd get the random person just like didn't know anything about CrossFit, but they'd be like, you know, one out of a hundred. I was like, yeah, there's a lot of people that have been burnt out by this and they want to switch to doing something slower, more controlled, you know, that makes them feel amazing, but keeps them engaged because they're doing fun, you know, similar stuff. I love that, man. Um, it's very, very aligned with, it's, it's cool too, because obviously not knowing that you were going to say what you just said right now. It's very aligned with what I said you guys do so well and show so well behind your messaging, right? Like it's exactly what it was. It's like, it's, it's making that middle ground that is right for the vast majority of people. Very fun, very exciting, very interesting, very motivating, and it gets people involved. Um, Question on, on you specifically now, like what, what is your, this just kind of came to mind. What does your training look like now? I know this is, um, I remember, and you probably did this in the past too. I remember reading blog interviews way back before there was podcasts and then they kind of did a podcast too, but from athletes, CrossFit athletes, bodybuilders. And it was always like, what is your training routine? What does your diet look like? You always wanted to know that stuff. Sure. Um, so we don't need you to go like crazy in depth with all of it, but I am curious of like, what does the functional bodybuilding look like for you now? Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's probably, I mean, not probably, there is a lot of people who get involved in it that, are not as advanced as you are, especially from mm-hmm. a movement capability perspective or like a skill perspective yeah. of lifting. Right. Um, do you have like your own progressed version of it or is it just you're able to just do it with more weight or with more volume, you know, and it's the same thing? Like, how does that look now for you compared to maybe when you first started or, yeah. Um, or yeah. I think I'm trending more towards like the mean of people in terms of fitness. Like I'm always going to have a higher level of fitness than the average person, but I can do our functional bodybuilding group program happily 
as it's written. Like I don't need to scale up the weights or, you know, do a little bit more volume or anything like that. I do about four workouts a week that are almost directly from, you know, our programming. Um, I ride my bike twice a week, mountain bike. And then I take a day where I don't do anything. And I try and walk a decent amount every day, do some just general movement. Um, Within functional bodybuilding, you know, it's like we established that there's sort of like a, a functional aspect of it and a bodybuilding aspect of it. And I think as as athletes get more and more uh, advanced or they have more and more years of training under their belt, and if they've been exposed to different things, or let's say they haven't been exposed to different things, the more years you have training under your belt, the more you start to like, you, you're able to feel like, ah, oh, this doesn't feel right, or this does feel right. I'm really, I'm really into this, or I'm really not into this. The more educated and the more experienced consumer of fitness kind of knows what they want, and if they don't get it, they bounce to the next thing. They bounce to the next thing. I think this is good. I think it's really good that people know what they want, and I like to kind of try and teach people that what you're feeling like and what you feel like you want categorically has sort of like, there's sort of a couple, only a couple different categories that really you can box, you know, put yourself into this particular box. You're either prepared for a high degree of intensity mentally. Um, so neurologically, like your body is capable of handling a lot of intensity or you're not really capable of handling a ton of intensity. You're happy to go in and do the work, but neurologically, you can't push really high into your nervous system threshold. And therefore, you need a different type of approach, a different style of muscle contraction, rep sets, movements that you can go in, push, and feel good. This is the CrossFitter who's like, I just want to bodybuild. Because guess what? Doing CrossFit building up to a heavy double in the power clean, then doing power clean and burpee interval sprints, then doing a chipper that's got, you know, box jump overs and chest of our pull-ups and muscle ups and dumbbell snap. Like that feels a hell of a lot different and demands a different level of readiness than coming to the gym and doing <clears throat> split squats, dumbbell bench, strict pull-ups, rear delt flies, kettlebell swings, and, you know, 10 second bursts on the airdyne at the end. Like these are just totally, I mean, there's, they're all strength training, there's conditioning, you know, there's reps and sets, but they just have a different, they impact your brain and your body differently. And to get your psyche ready for whatever the thing is that you're going to do, like, you either can get you either can get yourself there or you can't. So I'm very attuned to that for myself. I understand how what happened at home last night and what's going down this weekend and what I've got on the rest of the schedule for my work today, how that either allows me to say I'm ready for this or I'm ready for this, you know. And so we have programs. Our program, the functional bodybuilding subscription, is got the options like. I'm doing the perform track. I'm doing the pump track. I'm doing the pillars track. 
okay, each one is kind of like for a different readiness group, right? They each have a different outcome if you follow them consistently for six weeks at a time in these training cycles. Like this is gonna, this is for hypertrophy and body composition. This one's for, you know, more like athletic performance in more of a traditional functional fitness type of setting with bodybuilding to keep you kind of put together. <laughs> like, so I know at any given time, like, yeah, I'm feeling like, I'm feeling like being a perform athlete for the next few weeks and working on building up my snatch and doing that thing. And so that's what I gravitate towards. But then I also realize, like, okay, now I'm, I'm really into some projects that are important to me. I have a lot more mental energy that's going another place. I need to switch gears to something that is, I can, I, I don't feel like is an obstacle to get over. Like if I come into the gym and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this workout with like crazy amounts of burpees and thrusters. And I got to like, I'm every minute on the minute I got to, I don't even know if I'm going to, you know, it's like, if I'm in that space mentally and heading into the gym and like, that's a huge barrier to me being consistent and feeling good and and living a balanced life as an athlete, you just suck it up. And you're like, I got to go do this because that's what it takes to get to my goal of being the best. But I don't have that drive and that pressure and that need to push myself like that anymore. And without the drive and the need and the competition impending, you know, date of the competition, like I'm not going to do it. And most people are in that boat. They don't have something so deep inside of them that's telling them you have to hit the deck and do these burpees and these snatches. Otherwise, everything's going to fall apart. And that's fine. That's totally fine. You don't need to go seek out some deep intrinsic motivation that's going to make you want to do you know, burpees and thrusters every day. You don't. Some days you might feel, hey, I want to go hit a hard workout with my buddies and do some burpees and thrusters. Like I want to, I want to feel the suck. And then other days you're going to be like, no, I don't want to do that. I just want to go and get a good pump and keep doing the right things for my body so that I can go have fun with my friends this weekend, or I can, you know, play with my kids and not hurt and not feel like, you know, my back is about to go out any second when I'm wrestling, you know, my, my three-year-old tonight. That was super long-winded, but yeah, train four days a week, bike two days a week, <laughs> go for a lot of walks and, uh, know that some days I'm going to be hitting more of a bodybuilding style, functional, functional bodybuilding workout. And some days like today I did a chipper, you know, that had a lot of different stuff in it, overhead squats and burpees. And I just so happened to also do tempo squats and, you know, Cossack squats and uh, a variety of different <clears throat> drills to like train my strength in a, a sensible way that would leave me feeling good and work on my mobility and all of the above. I think that the answer was perfect because I think it, number one, it's cool to hear. I think a lot of people worry that, or they don't understand. And there's actually a lot of science that proves this. <laughs> it doesn't require as much as you would think to maintain a good physique or a good result as, as you would expect. Now, obviously strength can be a different thing. If you're somebody who's bench pressing 500 pounds, probably got to keep bench pressing heavy to keep doing that, you know? Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to body composition and health and, and joints and, and everything like that, you can maintain it pretty well without like just drowning yourself in the gym constantly. So it's refreshing to hear that. And it's also cool to hear that there's like a, a variety of things based on 
um, on what your body and what your your mind, your stress level, your lifestyle, your environment is going through. And I think that's so applicable to people. Um, and, it, and it aligns very well with, I, I love this saying, uh, built, not burnt, I think is what you said. And it's like, it aligns with that so well. Because as you know, like if you are going, if you have a big project going on, you have family stress, you have work stress, anything like that. And then you just go hard every day in the gym. I mean, you're just going to dig your hole deeper and you won't be able to recover and get the adaptations you're even training for in the first place. So yeah, um, it's great, man. I, I, I really want to, uh, I have a few more things I wanted to ask you. And one of them was kind of like, uh, I don't know if you have this, I don't know if pillars would be the right word, but um, like, are there staples or pillar pillars or like principles or like if somebody, uh, if a coach who is working for you, let's say is like, okay, like you're teaching them the foundations of program design for functional bodybuilding. What you believe are like, all right, our programs have to have these pillars in place. We have to keep focusing on these aspects or keys or anything like that. Um, do you have those kind of things that come to mind that you really want to instill in the programming? Yeah, for sure. I do. And <clears throat> all the various training tracks that we offer and like, so options for people, they still all kind of have these components. Um, I think the first is a, a deep appreciation for what we'll call warm up and preparation, like properly preparing the body for training. Um, that was something, and again, this was born out of a, a flaw that I saw inside of the group fitness CrossFit community, which was, you know, and this, the flaw was not people, they're not using this time effectively. It was more like the warm up time was social time to kind of get people engaged and build the community aspect of it, which was super important. But those first five to 10 minutes that you're in the gym are probably the most important 10 minutes from a physical outcome and a training outcome perspective of the whole time that you're there. What you do in those first five to 10 minutes will dictate how effective the rest of the session will be and could also dictate what the outcomes may or may not be in terms of either progress or injury, setback, you know, re regression in what you're trying to do. So we put a lot of thought into, well, how do we prep and prepare? So prepare people. And in some cases, pre-fatigue people before they get to their training. Um, this like concept of like muscle activation and, you know, how are we going to get things to wake up? Um, you know, it, they're not really secrets to that. It's like, go and move a bunch and like your muscles, like will wake up. Like they, they, they're, they're awake. They just need to go and move and do stuff. So I try and pack in a lot of movement before training starts. That's number one. And that might look like <clears throat> a five to seven minute warm up of cardio cardiovascular or just some, some, cyclical movement like a bike and then things that really focus on range of motion and stability after that there might be a second part to the warm-up like we extend warm-ups in our training sessions where it's like you know so many people uh in the let's call it the crossfit days were uh so satisfied the most satisfied anybody was was in the last three minutes of the class because they had just finished the Metcom. 
the Metcon that made them breathe heavy, use their muscles, strain a little bit. Like it was like that full body, I, my full body got engaged. I like to deliver that feeling in the first 10 to 15 minutes of, of our sessions, just at a, at a slightly like, call it like a, a like a notch or two down in, in intensity. Because if you deliver that early, you just got a huge mental win for people. Their whole body is ready for whatever else you might throw at them because you didn't max out the intensity. And the, the mental presence to, at that point to be like, I'm excited to train now. Like, I want to go, let's go do some, what's next is huge versus coming in and just sort of like going through the motions of doing some whatever stretches and leg swings. And then it's like, okay, let's get into the next part. And like, this is where you're going to squat, right? You're like, it's like, do the heavy, hard thing at the beginning of training. Cause it's the most important exercise. And you want to have all your body there. People aren't even there physically and mentally present for it. So it's like, throw away the squat. That was a waste of time. Why did you even do that? Like some people are still like wiping the, the sleep out of their eye that they, you know, they just, they're showing up at 7am to the gym and they just woke up. So it's like, wake them up. So we got the warm up. And then we might have like a pre-fatigue session where they section where they do, um, you know, they do some split squats and some, you know, seated banded rows for three sets of 15 reps on each leg and 20 reps on the rows. And okay. You know, after another seven or eight minutes, like they just accumulated close to 200 reps of like volume at submaximal great blood flow, good mobility, good, you know, positional strength, like their quads are kind of talking to them, their back muscles are talking to them. And now guess what? It's time to go do the second pillar of functional bodybuilding, which is intensity strength or strength intensity. This is where we're going to put you in the best possible position to express intensity in weight training safely, right? Like, yeah, I want people to go back squat heavy for a set of eight to 10. That would be awesome. But not everybody can do that super safely, you know? So what are, you know, how can we expand the movement category uh, and options and get people into great positions and progress them into great positions where they can go and hit that nine out of 10 on the RPE scale, because that's where they're going to actually develop neuromuscular, you know, strength and develop their physiology and adapt in a way that makes them stronger, more resilient, more capable of swinging their kids around all of that stuff. But it's on the backbone of good quality movement. And then let's build quality movement and then let's express it hard. And now you and I know that when somebody is pushing nine out of 10 or even 10 out of 10 in a strength protocol, they, they, there's a point at which they cross this threshold of like, I'm moving well, I'm in control. Holy fuck. Just get the weight up. Just get the weight up. Just get the weight up. Like, I don't care what, it, what it takes. And it's in that place that we take an educated or like an informed risk with our customers to say, that's an important thing to do, but it's where you can get hurt. It's where you can move poorly. It's where you stop thinking about, am I, you know, am I in a good back squat position? 
but we have to co- we have to coach people to get there. That's hard work. But we limit it to that. That's where you do that. And that's pillar number two of functional bodybuilding training. We got you prepped and warmed beyond what most people would even consider. They'd say, that's you just did cardio to start the workout. It's like, yeah, good. You're like, you're ready to go. Like it's more than you thought you were supposed to do. And it wasn't even enough. <laughs> we got lots, to, you know, it's like, that's okay. And then we move into pillar two, which is like, you have to push strength intensely. That could be a power clean for somebody who's a little bit more advanced. It could be a power snatch. It could be a deadlift. It could be a a dumbbell lunge. It could be a dumbbell bench press. You know, it could be any of those things, but we're going to categorize this as like, this is where we're pushing ourselves. Next, after that's done, we take a break mentally. Not like this is now a throwaway portion of the training, but we're going to ratchet the intensity down. And I call this other pillar strength balance. We got strength intensity and strength balance. It's not enough for clients to come to the gym and do one resistance training lift. That's not enough. Strength and conditioning programs should have a bias towards strength training. More strength training equals more opportunity to build muscle, which is the most important thing that anybody can do in the gym for themselves from a longevity standpoint, from a metabolic standpoint, from I feel good and I like I'm optimizing my energy and hormone functions. Like that's what you want to do. So this is where the bodybuilding part of me comes in. I'm like, yeah, if we could get everyone bodybuilding, that'd be freaking amazing. Like that's what people need to do is they just need to bodybuild, you know, but that has its limitations for people in terms of like, it's, it's a, there's cultural stereotypes around that. Like I, stigmas around bodybuilding. I find it a little bit boring. They don't know how to push themselves hard enough in bodybuilding. So they don't get an effective workout, but we still need to do more of it. So this is where we add in some more into functional bodybuilding in pillar number three, which is strength balance. This is where we're going to pick movements that <clears throat> you, you likely aren't going to be able to like ratchet your intensity super high on, you know, you, you can, you can really, if you're really trained, sure. You can like, you can do a Cossack squat and make it freaking intense, but most people are going to be like taking a, a dumbbell, putting it in front of their chest, doing these like lateral lunges and just exploring range of motion, getting their muscles to fire, putting in reps, exploring strength. You know, it's like, it's just a strength exploration portion. This is a great place to give people isolation exercises that they just crave to do, but they're like nervous to talk about it. It's like, we're doing dumbbell curls right now, you know, or we're going to do some calf raises, or we're going to do a split stance RDL to work on some hinging strength, but we're going to do unilateral work, right? <clears throat> and here we say like, but I don't get people to like stress about like, you need to push nine out of 10 to get some gains. I'm like, no, just do it well, do it for the reps, quality, build. Like, you know, this guy that wants to be able to pick his kid up and swing her around. What does he need? He needs 5,000 reps of hinging under control to then have it just 
ingrained in his brain. Now he can pick up anything and swing it around and not worry that he's going to blow out his back. Doesn't need to push 10 out of 10 or 9 out of 10 to get that skill and to develop that confidence. He needs to just do it more regularly. So this is where we layer that into training. People might call it accessory work. People might call it, you know, their isolation work, you know, whatever the, the, the terms are. It has a, a purpose, which is let people explore strength training without feeling like they got to do it perfectly and right and max effort. But not, remember, you can't have that without pushing it hard. <laughs> that was pillar two. So we warmed them up. We got them sweaty. We got them doing more reps than they think was appropriate before strength training. Isn't this going to mess up my, my, my numbers when I get to my back squats? Like, so what? It's, that's okay. Like, you're still, are you still going to push yourself hard in your back squats? Like, yeah, it's like, it's relative. It's like, you just got to push hard. Like, if you tell me you want to max out and you're a powerlifter and you're going to like max your back squat and you want to like compete, then yeah, I probably won't have you do like, you know, a pseudo Metcon before, but you're not telling me that you didn't tell me that. So, so we're pillar one, pillar two, pillar three. And then pillar number four is like, what's the most near and dear to my heart, which is it's a strength and conditioning program, strength and conditioning. It's not strength programs. It's strength and conditioning is the field of, of coaching that we're all in. And somehow, the, the, like maybe the CrossFit world got a little bit too heavy on the conditioning side in some realms, certainly trying to train gen pop. It was like, oh, they really like the sweaty boot camp stuff. So we're just going to give them conditioning or maybe not CrossFit, but like, you know, your boot camps, your, uh, what's the one, Orange Theory, mm -hmm. you know, heavy on the conditioning. I don't think there's like a heavier than like a 20 pound dumbbell in the whole space. So don't see a lot of strength going on there. And then you see, I see a ton of strength programs out there where it's just like, you know, it's just pure strength in bodybuilding. It's like, and then they're like, yeah, yeah, go get like, you know, go get your steps in. It's like, no, 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 let's train our cardiovascular system. Like it's important. And you, I want people to have command over their aerobic system, like learn how to do cardio. And there's lots of ways to do it. And if you dread cardio because you think it's boring, if you dread cardio because every time you do it, you throw up, if you dread cardio, you know, for all these reasons, then you just have a very narrow view of what cardio is, what conditioning is. So this is, again, like a, a, a huge area of opportunity that I learned so much from my time in CrossFit about how to deliver many formats of conditioning and cardio to people that are very compatible with pillars one, two, and three that I just outlined. They're not in opposition. It's like, oh, it's going to, cardio is going to kill my gains kind of thing, that, that kind of mentality. It's like, no, 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 not at all. And it, it's, it's a, it's like a, it's a myth that needs to be busted hardcore. Because even still to this day, I get DMs from mostly men that follow my pump program, which is a more of like a, a hypertrophy body composition focused style of training. And even that program, as it's written today, has a conditioning section 
where I bias conditioning formats that are on the shorter end of the spectrum, lower in intensity, and a bit more focused on like muscle building contractions. So like an example would be like, you know, uh, 10 dumbbell bench press, 15 second sprint on the rower, 30 second L-sit or, you know, some type of isometric core rest, do that for five rounds, right? Is that going to kill your gains? No. And it's focused predominantly on the bench press, you know, with a, a paired movement that's complementary, a pull <clears throat> and an isometric, like get some breathing a bit, little interval work. Um, so anyhow, but I get like the, the, the feedback of like, oh man, I just, are you ever going to come out with like a program where there's just like no cardio, basically like where I'm just doing straight sets of stuff. And, and it's coming from this question of like, I just don't think I'm going to be able to like put on as much muscle if I do that. And now there's some truth to like, if you do more cardio, you're expending more energy and you therefore need to eat more in order to like be in a caloric surplus to gain muscle. But I'm like, it's, it's not, it, they, they don't understand it this way. They just think cardio equals less gains. And I'm like, well, it's, it's really not like that. It's absolutely not like that. And you can look at anybody who, you know, these multi-sport athletes, these hybrid athletes, these CrossFit athletes who are putting on lean tissue year after year after year, doing massive amounts of, of cardio. And, and it's really more of a <clears throat> math equation when it comes to your, your nourishment as to whether you're going to be able to grow or not. And I think if you remove all of your cardiovascular training, your ability to push intensely and to feel good is diminished uh, dramatically. You're not going to be able to push as intensely in the gym. You're not going to get the most out of your highest and hardest working sets, even in your strength training. And then outside of the gym, you're just not going to feel as functional and fit. Like you what your work capacity, which is built through conditioning is what gives you the access to do all the things in life that matter to you. You know, you need very minimal amount of absolute strength to swing your daughter around. You need some work capacity to keep up with her for 30 minutes while she wants to keep wrestling and, you know, running around and you're, you're at Disneyland and she's flying through, you know, acres of parkland. And you're like, just trying to keep up because you're like, I don't like cardio, you know? So I, I, I we keep using the, the father daughter example because that's near to, near to my heart, but like, that's not everybody's, but it's like, Hey, if you're going to be out with your buddies, like on a weekend, they want to go for a hike and you're like, Oh no, cardio is going to kill my gains. Like, I don't do that. Then they finally talk you into going and you're the last one up the mountain and you're like breathing super heavy. And, or you, <clears throat> you know, anyhow, it's, it, it's got carryover tremendous carryover. So that is kind of it. Those are the four pillars. And, uh, I think if you've done all of those really well, then the, the last thing, which most people think is so important is like, how, well, how do I cool down? How do I stretch at the end of the day? And it's like, well, if you prepared yourself, well, if you moved with purpose, if you had good intention in your, you know, in your training and you had good mechanics, then you shouldn't leave, you shouldn't finish the training session like all whacked out and broken, needing to do this massive amount of recovery work and uh, stretching at the end. And I'm not saying I'm not a proponent of like people doing mobility work and cooling themselves down, but for me, 
the most important thing to do at the end of a training session is to just get your nervous system to calm back down before you head out into the next activity of your day, which might raise the nervous system or get you kind of agitated again. It's like, I just want you to take, you know, five minutes to walk around and do some deep breathing and, you know, that's it. That's perfect. I love it, man. I, you actually answered two of the other questions I had written down within within that. And uh, one of them was the cardio thing. And I'm really glad that you answered it because um, it's definitely a myth that's still around. And that's why I wanted you to touch on it. I think all the examples you gave are, I mean, it's proof. You can see that it doesn't do this to these people. But also, um, if you, you're right in the sense you need to eat more. But if you look at the science behind it, it's actually going to improve your ability to recover, which if you mm -hmm. need to train more with volume in order to build muscle, you can recover better than you can do more volume. You can do more work. Like you just, you got to eat more. So, um, yeah, yeah, dude, I love it. I love the way you answered that. I think it hit everything. Um, I was glad that we were able to dive through your story a bit too, at the beginning and kind of bring out the origin of functional bodybuilding and why, um, you created it and what it's done. So this has been really, really cool. It's been, it's great to have you on after, was that four years, four or five years, like, you know, it's grown so much. So, um, you know, a lot of respect for everything you're building, man. It's been cool to kind of watch. And then now to have you back on and go through it is just even cooler. So, um, as we close this out, uh, first and foremost, thank you for spending time with me. Um, and two, let everybody know where they can find you. A lot of them might already follow you, but I know you put out a ton of content on different platforms. Um, so if you can tell us exactly where to find all of your content, your, you have eBooks and your programs and all that kind of stuff, that would be great. Awesome. Well, yeah, I just want to also, echo the sentiments that you just had, which is I'm, I'm very grateful and, and happy to be back. And to reconnect with somebody um, after this long is really important to me because uh, it allows me to go through what that arc has looked like of transformation and growth personally. Um, and as somebody who's also a business owner and uh, been, been at it for a long time, <clears throat> it's not all, you know, uh, I get on this hour long podcast with you and I can talk about the passion behind the mission and it helps me reconnect with that. But, you know, it's not, it's not at the top of mind every day, you know, the challenges, some of the struggles, some of the sort of the, the daily tasks kind of take over and I can lose sight of just sort of why we're here in, in the first place. So it's a good reminder. And I appreciate the opportunity to share that it gives me a chance to sort of reconnect and I'll, I'm energized from this conversation. Yeah. And, um, yeah, if, if, if people want to learn more about what we're doing and connect more with the functional bodybuilding message, we're on all the social platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, um, YouTube is where I put out a lot of longer form content. So I've got kind of a six to 20 minute videos that go out two or three times a week, um, on there. Lots of good education. I think for people who really want to dive in, get out of the, the three second, you know, <clears throat> scroll and click kind of uh, world of TikTok and Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, go into functional-bodybuilding.com and um, yeah, checking out our, our website. And there's a newsletter that we put out. That's where we go kind of a deeper dive, directly communicating to our, our audience where we give them training and nutrition advice. Today, we just put out a pretty sweet, um, holiday survival guide. So whenever this airs, it might be a really, you know, enticing time to go check this out. But, uh, in anticipation of Thanksgiving coming next week, um, we knew that, you know, people are going to be traveling. People are going to have their schedules a little thrown off. 
probably over the course of the next month, there's going to be a lot of parties and holiday get-togethers, work parties, things like that. And um, it's always a, it can be a stressful time for people that want to like stay true to their health and fitness goals, and they're uh, but they also don't want to miss out on like you know a time of year to be with friends and family and celebrate. So we put out um, like a 12, 12 page little PDF that people can go grab some uh, <clears throat> tips from our all of our coaches and all of our you know we've had ex- lots of years of experience coaching people through the the holidays. So that's like one example of what goes out to our our uh, newsletter um, uh, subscribers. And so you can get on that for free. Love it. Yeah, I actually, I saw that today. So I connect with that, man. Oh, right. Cool. Right um, so we will link all that in the show notes of this podcast, guys. So go check out everything Marcus has available. We'll put his and uh, the company's different platforms because on some of those, there's two, there's Mark's Philly and then there's functional bodybuilding. So we will put all those in the description. And uh, once again, man, thanks for spending the time with us. My pleasure. My pleasure.